My name is Mandy Ginder, and my school matters because we all have our part to play. Welcome to the show. I'm Mr. Ryden. And I'm Sophia Rains. <laughs> That's right. Well, welcome back uh, for the second week of the Our School Matters podcast. Been really excited about how that's been going out right now. And today we have an interview with uh, somebody that is near and dear to my heart in that her classroom is physically next to mine, but also we've been friends for quite a while here and been through quite a lot with a lot of musical productions, and that's uh, Mrs. Mandy Ginder. But first, I want to talk a little bit about this week. So we've got a Big week at Richland County High School coming up this week with a kind of one of those milestones for the seniors here. So you don't have the SAT. But no. I get to sit through the SAT and watch kids take this test and, it's, and not it's, take it seriously. It's one of the most boring thing. It's it's not boring. It's actually painful. It's mind numbing to sit there and watch. So folks that have to take kids that have to take the SAT, just try on it because if you don't, you have to sit there like me. And you just want to beat your head against the wall because it is so boring because there's nothing else you can do during it. You're not allowed to do anything else. But anyway, for the seniors here on this, uh, what is this, Wednesday of next week? Yep. Uh, We'll be back Wednesday. Everyone's off today at their day release of this. And so that Wednesday is the senior seminar. So what do you, uh, who will attend the senior seminar as a senior student, what do you, what have you heard about it? What do you expect from it? What have your peers said about it? I'm sure a lot of them don't have, they're not anticipating it on the edge of their seats, but I'm just kind of curious what, what their impressions are from the what you're hearing. I've heard it's a lot of lectures. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be accurate, be like, I'm pretty sure. Oh, be an adult. Be safe. Yep. There will definitely be talk about adult choices, and there will guaranteed be at least one, if not two people that get to stand up there and talk to you guys about sex Mow and all that wow. stuff. Yes, yeah. Bao Chicka Wow is the, yeah. the formal name for it, um, which is always uh, an interesting situation I, to be a fly on the wall for those, <laughs> those uh, presentations because it goes all sorts of different ways. But, I mean, I'm glad they do this. I really am. I like some of the stuff is stuff that it at least makes you think like, okay, yeah, I know all this stuff. I got to be an adult and all this stuff, but it does actually force you to sit there and contemplate some of those things about the future and about some of the choices you're going to make. And, um, but I think one of the things about it that I, when I try and sell it to my classes and say, you know, why they shouldn't skip out on it. Cause there's always a, a senior or two to be like, I'm not even sure. Reason one, they take attendance. Yes. They take attendance and you'll have to, you know, uh, deal with whatever the repercussions are for that. Reason two, you get out at noon anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think for me, the biggest reason, though, is, and it's one that maybe isn't apparent right away because these things seem to be all the time that are happening, but it's one of the last big group activities that you'll do with this class of people. And for most of the senior class, it will be one of the last three, maybe four activities they do that they share with a group anywhere near this size. So a senior class is like, oh, what are we at? It's like got to be one... I should know the senior class sizes or whatever. It's got to be 140 or one something. I think it's around 150. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it's per class. It's around-ish that. Within like 50 people or something. But, you know, that 
that you got this. We've got prom. Um, we've got graduation, graduation, graduation practice. And those are just kind of some of the last big events that you have with this group of people. Love them or hate them. It's one of those last experiences that you'll have this communal experience of what a whole bunch of people are going through together. So I uh, definitely am excited. I'm always excited for seniors more so than they are excited for themselves, I think, which is understandable. But from my outside point of view, it's like, it just reminds me of the feeling of like life coming forward, you know, like or life mm -hmm. being at the edge of life, you know, and all this stuff coming out for you. A lot of kids already in your class and even younger already have jobs and some of them already have more problems than a lot of adults I know is that they have to deal with day to day. So it's not the real life speech I'm giving, but there is like this sense of really being put out there and mm -hmm. really being cutting anchor and just and going out to sea a little bit in a very positive way, I hope. So I always get a little excited about that for seniors and for what they're going to get in their future. Uh, so thinking, boy, here's, I'm getting better at these. So back, you know, I think back to when I was in high school, hey, one person I went to high school with was Mandy Ginder. We didn't really know each other that well in high school. <laughs> we, uh, she actually found a yearbook picture that we were both in the other day. I should make it the cover picture for this uh, episode because it's it's really ridiculous. I'm dressed for Earthquake Magoon in uh, Hello Dolly, I think is that, or Lil Abner, mm -hmm. sorry. Shame. In Lil Abner, and I'm Earthquake Magoon, and I'm wearing like a cardigan, and it's a pretty wild outfit, and she's in a cheerleader's outfit. So both of us are playing people who we are definitely not now or whatever. It's, it's a funny matchup to see the two of us there. But we didn't really know each other that well in high school, and uh, we've gotten to, since I came back here, though, know each other pretty well because she is the director of the the, and the leader of the musical program here and I've gone from kind of assistant director to more of a solid stage manager and now lighting role here uh, over time and I've integrated myself more and more with that department and I love it it's absolutely a huge part of my life and I really love it and started with uh, um, curtains in my first year of teaching and then I left to another school for four years and came back and helped a little bit on all I did was do one projection thing on Adam's family and have been ever since then part of every production that's been here in an increasing manner. So it's definitely been a huge part of my journey at Richland County High School as well. So when we were discussing who to pick uh, for our first test interviews, she was the first person that came to mind because I knew that her and I had worked together quite a bit and I could be comfortable talking with her. And we approached it like you did with Haley with the thought of, well, we just probably won't use this and we'll use this as a way to figure out what our interview style, see what works, and I'll just throw every question I can at her. And uh, even said that to her in the interview, I'll probably leave in a, a spot of that or two. Uh, but it just went so well. It was really, you know, it was like talking to an old friend is what it was. And so it went really easily and we kind of went through and talked quite a bit about some stuff that, uh, you know, like school things that are important to us, the musical program, but also some of the things that we think about most when we are thinking about our career and, and some of the stuff that we deal with day to day. So here is my interview with Mrs. Mandy Ginder. Thank you for doing this. Like I said, uh, this probably won't ever go out to anybody. Um, uh, I mean, obviously this is a possibility of that or something if we both thought, oh, that went well and maybe later on we'll use that. Um, so, trying to think about what to jump into right away. How, well, first of all, introduce yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is Mandy Ginder. I have been a teacher here at Richland County High School since 2005. 
I graduated from Richland County High School in 2000, so I have officially spent more of my life here than not here, <laughs> so that's exciting, I guess. Was this the first school you taught at, too? Was it that yes. You taught? Yeah, I did my student teaching at Noble ah. and then started um, right after graduation doing a full-time sub position. So I was here for a semester as a full-time sub, and then I was hired on the next year. Did you want to come back here? Was that kind of your goal back then? And if so, what's wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I <laughs> wanted to be here eventually. <laughs> uh, my goal was always to end up here. I did anticipate that I would go somewhere else for a while. I just thought that that's the way it would go because I didn't think there was much chance of just falling right into it immediately. But that's what happened. And so I never went anywhere except here. Yeah, I never even interviewed anywhere else. And I only subbed one day for Mr. Clay Wheeler at Noble over Christmas break when I was finished with my college student teaching portion and they were still in school. So I subbed one day and then I became a real teacher. Oh, wow, you really went right into it then. <laughs> Except that full-time sub thing. But I don't think that really, it's not quite the same thing right. <laughs> as doing a one-day subbing. So you said that your plan was career eventually. So when did you decide this? Was it, were you still in high school? Were you in college at that point or before that even? I actually decided to be a teacher. I mean, it was kind of always in my mind as option. Um, but I decided to be a teacher when I was in Mrs. Beth Saylor's 7th and 8th grade English class. And I just loved her class so much. And so much of what I do reflects some of the things that she did. It was a lot of kind of a choose-your-own-adventure book in her classroom because she let you choose the books you read and she let you write the topics you wrote, wanted to write about, and I really liked that. And so that's kind of when I decided I wanted to be a teacher, and I thought I wanted to teach middle school. When I took the middle school classes, I determined that middle school students are insane and they like to hug a lot, and I didn't like either of those things. So I decided to stick with uh, secondary education and actually didn't even put that on my transcript until I was forced to like 10 years later <laughs> because I was afraid they would ship me down there. So, <laughs> yeah, I kind of always wanted I – mean, I'm a homebody. I loved my experience here at Richland County High School. I was really involved. I, I did some theater. I did yearbook, and so – I really enjoyed it here, and coming back here was always the goal. I, I also, like I had a choice, I did a master's for teaching, and it was, like you also completed yours too, but my, that was how I got into teaching. I didn't even have a bachelor's in education, and I would have to have gotten an extra endorsement at the middle school level, and my program coordinator, Dr. Donna Post, I asked her, like, should I do this so that I'm more hireable? And she's like, do you want to teach at middle school? I was like, no. She's like, well, then don't, or they will make you <laughs> right. go there at some point. You know, and it's actually gotten me out in Georgetown. They tried to ship me over the middle school half day. Yeah. Oh, and I was gosh. Like, oh, sorry, guys, can't do that. So I'm not allowed. Yeah, I did the same thing. I was worried about getting a job. And so while I was doing that full time sub position, there was not any indication whether there would be a position or not. It was a maternity leave. So I went ahead and did that. There was a cohort that came to the middle school. So I did that during that time. And then. Once I got hired on at the high school, I just decided not to report that at all because I, I knew within the first two classes that this was not going to be for me. <laughs> That's great. Well, good choice then. Uh, nothing, God love the middle school teachers right. and the ones I, that are built for it. But. Absolutely. I had We went to an in-service once where all the teachers from all the buildings were here, and I got 
sat down next to an elementary school teacher and I said, you know, what do you do? And she said, I teach at the elementary. I was like, oh my God, thank God for you because I would not want to do that. And she's like, oh yeah, what do you do? I was like, I teach at the hospital, the high school. And she's like, oh my God, thank God for you because I would not want to do that. And I thought, wow, isn't it cool that, you know, all of us are here and really glad to be where we are and really glad we're not the next guy. <laughs> Maybe not all of us, but I'm very happy. Right. I, think I'm, I think both of us, I would say, are definitely built for the high school. Level. Absolutely. Just, uh, what, well, what do you like about that? Like, I personally like that I can engage with them more and talk more about, like, you know, bigger things, bigger questions in life. You know, the trade-off is, is it's much more complicated work and sometimes more of a headache with some kids. But what is it that you like about the high school level or if that, why it fits you? I love my children, um, but I don't think that I would do well in a all-child, all-the-time situation. Um, and that I was a similar, you know, I wanted to be able to have a conversation and I wanted to be able to say to somebody, Hey, you're being a jerk, knock it off. Mm -hmm. You know, and I felt like, you know, my high school teachers were just really, to me, they were people, they were humans. And I felt like I could relate to them in that way. And, you know, when I first started teaching, I tried to be really mean and, and really strict and all those things that you're supposed to do, you know. Um, But as I have kind of evolved in my own career, I think I have gotten to the point where Mr. Cartmill and Mrs. Frazier and Mrs. uh, Carraway were just people to me. And I looked up to them for that because they weren't perfect and they had struggles and they had bad days. But they could come in and say, hey, I'm having a crap day. So we're going to watch slides <laughs> and I'm going to talk to you about ancient Rome for a while. And yeah. we'd be like, all right, cool. <laughs> That's great. So I, I like that opportunity. Yeah. I also was told that, you know, you can't get uh, meaner in the years so you can get nicer. Right. So the thought was, you know, come in really mean and then gradually get nicer as you know, I can allow. And I tried that too. And it just, I tried it, but yeah, it was so obviously fake (laughs) and they say that you can smell fear and I know that that's exactly what, you know, because that's just not, that's not who I am. So now if I'm, I have a student that I'm not getting along with, I'm like, look, I don't get paid enough to deal with your crap. So, you know, do what you're going to do or don't, but shut up. (laughs) And for the most part, I think students respect that, that, you know, you're not, you're not trying to be something you're not, and you're not going to take crap, but you're also not going to be some, you know, hard ass that you're not either. <laughs> so, yeah. I, cool. I, yeah, I think too, all you're doing, at least in our case, you know, if you're, if that's your nature or you that functions or it's one thing, but if um, I do it or you do it and they know, it's like, first of all, I know this is fake. So now you've made an enemy yeah. <laughs> and I know your weakness. Right. Which is right. And you are terrified of me and it is clear. <laughs> so I'm going to make your life hell. Right. Yeah. Why do you teach in general? Like, why did you, uh, I mean, you said about, uh, like, that you knew you wanted to pretty young, but you know, why? Do you, it's a hard job. Why do you continue doing it? Uh, it is a hard job, and I continue doing it because I don't think I'd be a very good insurance salesman, and um, I don't know what else I would do. Uh, you know, I, I did. Don't say, I, I have no other marketable skills. <laughs> right. You know, I did want to go to law school when I was very young. I thought that's what I would do, but I'm too old to do that now. And, um, you know, there are a lot of struggles. And I personally don't want to paint um, being a teacher as some kind of rosy job where you come in every day and everything's great because I think that's a false sense of what we do here. And it really. You know, it gets people into the position, and they're like, what the heck did I do? 
Um, it's not like that. Other are some really hard times, but uh, I do get a lot out of the relationships I have with my classes. I teach Drama 101 right now, and a lot of days I'm like, oh my God, I'm not prepared for those kids. But they're I mean, wild. As they're a, wild. As your next door neighbor, <laughs> yeah, I can say they're crazy. Are wild. And I love it. They're my yeah. kind of kids. Too. But, you know, then I get into it with them, and I see them creating, and I see them doing. Um, amazing things that I never had any indication they would be able to pull off and I'm just amazed by them every day and I was having a conversation with a new teacher yesterday um, her first directing her first musical and I was like you know there's just no feeling in the world like standing there um, when your kids are getting a standing ovation and you will sob I mean, you just will because you have worked so hard and to see them be successful is so rewarding. And I also really wanted to be a mom and I wanted to have that kind of relationship where I could bring my kids to school and they could have those role models and just be like, oh my God, I can't wait to get to high school to be cool like these kids. Mm -hmm. And I, that was so important to my high school kids, when I first had kids, you know, they wanted to be the role models and it made them feel good to do that too. And it made me feel good that my kids had those kind of people to look up to. So that was a big part of why I chose the profession in the first place. So drama being it. I, I, uh, full disclosure to our uh, imaginary audience for this test recording, <laughs> uh, but I am Mandy's uh, stage manager. So I also, I know it's like to stand there and I'll be standing, but my position now tends to be at that curtain uh, to pull the curtain closed after they all go back. And I cannot tell you just how my heart swells when they're all getting cheered for and the kids are all smiling. I get an angle of it, right. side of their faces, looking out the lights flashing on it. It's amazing. It's such a great feeling to live vicariously through these mm -hmm. kids. I would say that's a lot of what I like about teaching too that draws me to it still is sharing those experiences of their, the better experiences of their youth. Right. And, you know, learning how to be great. Yeah. What do you think is one of the biggest problems in education today? It doesn't have to be the biggest, but could be one that's personalized. But what do you think one of the biggest problems is in maybe high school education? It's a big, it's a big question. I yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll look at it from both um, positions. For me personally, um, being part of education as a career is kind of like having a little sibling. And so when I want to say that my little sibling the education system is annoying or ridiculous or stupid or doing something dumb, then I want to be able to say all those things. But when the community comes at us about something that we're doing or not doing, whether it is something I also believe is stupid or dumb or whatever, I, I take it really personally. And it's hard not to internalize that criticism and that rejection. And so for me personally, that's something I've had to especially deal with since the pandemic and the construction project. And I've kind of had a lot of stuff here in the last yeah. couple of years. And it's really been hard for me to accept that people, being a teacher just isn't one of those, I don't know if there are any anymore. I mean, people have just changed so much. It used to be teachers were pretty highly revered. And you could be out in the community and people would be like, oh, there's Mrs. Ginder. She's a high school teacher. And now I feel like if they say that, it's not necessarily a compliment. Yeah. And so that has been hard for me to handle personally. As to the state of education in general, I just really think that 
and the state of our world in general, I really think that we have forgotten to give grace and to say that people shouldn't be held to a high standard is not at all what I mean. But I think as humans, we have started to strike first and apologize later instead of really trying to think about what it is we need to do to support each other. And I think in the community as a whole, when it comes to the community supporting the system and the system supporting the community and the teachers supporting each other and the administration supporting the teachers and all of those things, I think we've kind of gotten away from that idea of giving grace and trying to support each other in more of a negative way. And so I I guess that's a whole world problem, really more than an education problem. But I do think that people are so quick to judge education but not quick to give any kind of constructive advice. You know, they want to say, well, you're doing a terrible job, but they don't want to do the job, and they don't want to give any real constructive advice about the job either. They just want to tell you that you're terrible. I don't know what the answer to that is, but... <laughs> no, I, I, I feel very similarly, and I'm sure that's a whole world problem, but it definitely has got in our doorstep recently. I mean, with the news how so many things are going on and it's all about what are the problems in education, not about what are the solutions, other than complain about things and take things away. That seems to be it. So, yeah, I I agree. That is a huge problem facing us and I don't know what the solution is. (laughs) Um, I think that idea of grace is is very true, too. It's something that has kind of evaporated to an extent or maybe we're just all so quick to react because of social media. We've trained Mm -hmm. ourselves to react before we think and that leading with that first is never a benefit. If there was something that you could change about our school, just magic snap of the fingers, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a problem even, but what, what do you think that would be? What comes to mind first anyway? If I could give one thing to our school that we didn't have to like fight for or whatever, I, it would be school spirit. Um, I'm one of those people who cries every time I hear the school song, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I I loved this school as a student, and I love this school as a teacher, and I will plan to love this school as a parent when my kids get here, and I wish that um, I could just take some of those negative feelings away, you know, like people who are just apathetic or just don't mm-hmm. care. I think are really weigh on those that do. And I hope that the students especially don't get bogged down by that. But I feel like I do sometimes. I get so like concerned about the people who are not feeling positive about it or not trying to make it a better place that I kind of get in the same place. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one thing that would really improve the school if we could just instantly put a magic wand out and just give everyone this sense of pride because I felt I feel like if they were proud of where they were they could improve things so much I, I agree wholeheartedly I was going to say a follow spot for the theater but, uh, <laughs> and second kidding. would be a follow spot for the theater <laughs> or maybe two it makes it so much different when you feel like everybody's all together it just it changes changes everything it, it, lifts up kids that even aren't showing it you know right (laughs) that aren't out there screaming and cheering but it even lifts their day up a little too what about your subject area which is of course English language arts as opposed to focusing on drama we talked about that a little bit and can talk about it more of course but what do you think is important about what you teach about your department the difference I believe between English and all the other stuff you study is that you're basically studying the same content overall from the time you hit third grade until you're out of college. You have learned to read and write fairly well by third grade. 
hopefully. and hopefully. <laughs> and after that, you are reading and writing to a different level in different ways for different reasons, but you are reading and writing from that point on. Hmm. And so to me, it's really the basis of everything we do. All communication comes back to this idea of reading and writing and being able to communicate with other people. So arguably, <laughs> as an English teacher, I think it is the most important subject area because your whole life revolves around communicating with others. And I also believe that what we choose to read and write informs the human condition and is our opportunity to teach some of the character stuff that is important. And, you know, back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe that was more of a home-based learning situation, but we Mm -hmm. can't assume that happens anymore Mm -hmm. um, for all students. And so reading about different people in different places takes us out of Southern Illinois for just a moment Mm -hmm. and tries to expose you to the human condition in in ways you may not experience it. And I think that is how we grow well-rounded students in cornfields, you know, in the middle of Illinois, but who can, um, who can understand what it's like to be human and not just in their own life. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's what I think is the most important part of it. I'm super interested to hear from other teachers on other departments because <laughs> right. I'm inclined to feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And you kind of assume like everybody looks at their own field that most likely most people would as extremely important, you right. know, and because they can see why it is and what it applies to universally. I'm, I'm really interested to get people's uh, Math uh, people are wrong. Theirs that. is not the most Math people are wrong <laughs> on record here. Um, uh, so what in of something you teach, this is kind of something I've been thinking about, and I'm not even 100% sure what my answer is. I've got a couple ideas, but what is something that if you could take one lesson from your classroom and subject area, not just to write or whatever, but one very specific lesson or specific skill um, uh, that you could just directly download into every student's mind, um, so you make sure they all have this. It doesn't have to save them as people or as, as students, but the thing you're like, no, this is, this is the thing that's so important and nobody should miss. Hmm. Wow, that's really hard. There's <laughs> one I maybe should have uh, prepared you for ahead of time to think yeah, of. Because um, there's definitely a lot of right answers and there's definitely wrong I answers. I guess but. writing is hugely important, but if there were one thing I could just get downloaded for kids to understand it would just be able to read a text and determine what's the point Mm. I mean to me at the base of everything I do is read this text understand why the author took their time to write this piece that's the basis of everything that we do so if you could understand that then you can go a step further and you can understand how they accomplish that or you can talk about how the setting or how the symbolism or how whatever works into it some people get so caught up and stumble on that what's the point Mm -hmm. that they never are able to move forward so I'm not sure if I really went to that no, that's the way you a, meant it, but the question is ridiculous. So <laughs> you did just fine. I just that would be that's the most basic thing. If you could read and understand mm-hmm. what's the point, then you can go anywhere with it. And so that would be the most basic thing that I would want them to be able to understand so that we could move forward. Yeah, no, that's as and good to of an think. answer as I could think. And to think. Yeah. I teach seniors 
And so one thing I always said is I don't want to teach seniors. And so they said, okay, cool. How about teaching seniors? And I said, okay, (laughs) I'll do it. And 90% of the stuff I give them, I say, look, there's no right answer. The point is I want you to think. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you think, honestly. Think and then produce something from that thought. And so that would be second, would just be to stop and think about it. Just take the time to think and come up with your own idea. What were you like in school, uh, in high school? I was a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know it. Yeah. Uh, did, you know, did you know that then? Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I was quiet, very shy. Mm-hmm. I did do theater in school. Mm-hmm. I never had, I had like one part that had a name, but I am a perpetual ensemble member. Yeah, I was um, always you know, oh, no, proud I was, of it. Uh, Earthquake Magoon. I, I got yeah. a, a typecast. Yes. <laughs> I, I did do some of that. I was on the yearbook staff, uh-huh. so I considered myself very involved. I yeah. was at the center of everything that happened. Yeah. I was not part of it. I was taking pictures of it, right. <laughs> but I was there, so yeah. that was that was you know something for yeah. me. So yeah, I don't know. I was kind of reserved, and I but I knew everyone, and I don't feel like anybody you know thought that I was a terrible human or anything. So didn't you know, have many enemies. No, I I kind of you know a little bit of a wallflower, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> so uh, what kind of student were you? You're pretty involved in extracurriculars, obviously. But I was, I was, I took four years of yearbook every semester. Mm-hmm. I think by the time I graduated, I was in like yearbook nine or 12, ten because uh. I'd taken a couple independent studies uh-huh. as well as every semester ever. So uh-huh. I was a not like hundred percent awesome student, but I was a good student. You yeah. know, I got along. I was good at school. I understood how to be successful at school and mm-hmm. that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Show up to class, do your work, give effort, and that's basically it. You know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. I am not a good math student. I was not a good chemistry student student. I got a C in chemistry, but <laughs> <laughs> everything else, you know, I understood well enough how to be a good student that I could get past the subject area, even when it was not something I was super interested in. Can you think of anything you did in school that you would, uh, if it was you now as a teacher, would give yourself detention for? Or no, definitely not. Up? You were no, really good? 100%. No, I never had detention until I was a teacher going to detention. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't even know what to do with you people because <laughs> I've never been anywhere close to detention. No, I was very afraid of authority. Yeah. I was not going to get in trouble for sure I never skipped class I never we had closed campus lunch Uh I was the first freshman class to have closed campus lunch I never skipped lunch I didn't no I didn't do anything like that to get in trouble (laughs) I was a bit of a class clown if I surprised you yeah no it doesn't (laughs) I think I always uh I I knew where the line was because I didn't ever get in trouble for that I got in trouble for being late a lot because I'd sleep in and single dad you know raising two kids (laughs) and three kids at his house but I, I always knew where this line was, where it's like, oh, they're getting irritated, I'm going to yep, back off. Back and then some <laughs> other kid would cross it and then get in trouble, and I'd, I'd get away with it. Were you? Uh, this is a question. This is the number one question I got uh, recommended from other students. Did you like to party <laughs> when you were in high school? So I was a member of the Pilots Organization, which was oh. peers in leadership opportunities training students, and we basically went to... So the answer is yes? <laughs> <laughs> no, we basically went to the middle school and talked about, you know, drugs and alcohol and peer pressure mm-hmm. and all that, and so this is to say I was never invited. <laughs> so, you know, I can't tell you what life would have been life if somebody had really, like, asked and pressured me into being 
like that, but I definitely was not, but I was never invited. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, I wasn't. I had theater rehearsal and I went to ball games. I mean, for the least athletic person I've ever met in my life, I went to a lot of ball games to take pictures and report for the, mm-hmm. the yearbook. yearbook. So, uh-huh. yeah, no, I didn't. I was not a partier at all. And I was terrified to get in trouble. So, uh. no, I wouldn't have done that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not hugely surprised by that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I went to my senior party. Uh-huh. Um, my oh, you went to yours, yeah. My senior, well, I, I was present. I was worried that someone would need a ride. Uh-huh. And so That's they good. they lined us all up on this road in the country. Oh, and they, they caught you. Took, no. Oh, okay. They took us on this, like, hour-long trip uh-huh. through the country yes. all over to try to get us lost. Yeah. So we couldn't tell anybody where the party was to report it. Right. And so I did that whole train, uh-huh. whatever, got there, figured out where I was, and then went home and told anybody, you know, I know where you are, so yeah. if you need me, call me. Yeah. Nobody did. <laughs> so I was there for five minutes, but I did uh, go. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I wonder, I, do they do that anymore? They have to, just in smaller I groups, I yeah, guess. I don't know. But that was the, there was always one, and it yeah. either got busted or it didn't. Yeah. Um, ours didn't. Did you hear guys get um, busted? Ours, you there, I, like it, I wasn't there, no, but <laughs> I... I do believe it was somewhat scandalous. I don't know if this yeah. is like, uh, I don't sure. know if I should, but um, the person, they called it in, like the neighbors called it in, mm. but the person who was working at the police department was the house where it was being held. So she didn't dispatch anybody <laughs> to the party. So the party did not get busted, but she got fired. Well, I mean, that's lore. I don't oh, know if that's okay. true. Okay. I think sure, that's sure. true. <laughs> I've got a, a scandalous one too, which was for ours, which was that, I'm pretty sure I'm not blending memories here, but I'm pretty sure it's for ours. They, the principal's daughter was a senior, I think, or the vice principal. I can't remember. And, you know, I moved to this district mm-hmm. three years before I graduated, so I've not really maintained a lot of these people's right. information. Or whatever. But she was in the, and I'm pretty positive this is true, either for our year or the year previous. They told her a different location. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they got yeah. her. So they thought they knew where it was. They had buses waiting there to pick kids oh, up and take God. them home. It wasn't the real location. Uh, I bet she felt like a jerk. And I also left after only five minutes and went right home. I was a good boy. Uh, And anyone who knows me will know how true that is. We'll be right back. Hey, Sophia. Huh? So, you like this podcast, right? Yeah. So, uh, if you like this podcast, there's something else you could check out. If you want more of this type of content now... You could check out Richland County Vat Club's Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Richland County Vat Club. That's V-A-T, not F-A-T. V-A-T Club. Right now, we have a whole bunch of videos up there, including the O-T-E series, or the Olney Tiger Encounter. A little clever play on words there with our, what does the O-T-E mean at the school? It's one tiger... Extracurricular? (laughs) One tiger... It's Academy and Extension. (laughs) <laughs> e. Yeah, one tiger extension. Okay. One tiger E. One tiger E boy. Um, so it's uh, a <laughs> the one tiger, uh, the only tiger encounter uh, series that we're doing on the Richland County Vat Club Facebook page and Instagram and YouTube uh, is uh, interviews with students that are in the OTE mm-hmm. classes, and then I started doing longer interviews with the teachers to plop at the end of those episodes. And that was really what kind of got me thinking about, hey, it might be really fun to do a podcast where I interview teachers in even a longer format. So if you like what we're doing here, you should check those out. That's uh, where that, uh, where the genesis of this program in some ways. 
And also, we needed something to have an ad for, so I thought I would do it about this one. So check mm-hmm. us out. Richard County Night Club on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Stop. All right. Why? What? People Don't gave me that feedback close. that I was really good when I got close to the you're microphone. You're lying, and, and you're evil, you're right. and it you're was, a thief. It was the cheat. opposite. It was the opposite. Check us out online, folks. No! Now, back to the show. What are your thoughts about the, this new AI trend now that you've had a little bit of time to absorb it? You know, we've talked about chat GPT, I think it's called, yeah, in uh, our meetings, and I've been talking about it quite a bit, and uh, we, we've had some time to look at it now. What, what are your thoughts about that and, and uh, how it's going to affect our jobs and how it's going to affect students? Well, my first inclination was to run around my classroom screaming and crying, um, and then my next-door neighbor, Mr. Ryden, said, it's going to be fine, and so I said, okay, <laughs> it's going to be fine. When I first started teaching, I wanted to write all of my own assignments, and Mr. Cartmill would always yell at me for reinventing the wheel, like, here, I have this worksheet, just use it. I'm like, but it doesn't make sense to me. I can't internalize it the way you can because you wrote it. Yeah. And I know it's done, and I, that's cool. And lots of teachers use those things, and I'm not putting any negative to it. I just couldn't I just couldn't do it. And so I ended up creating a lot of my own stuff mm-hmm. because it just made sense to me. Yes. And I like that part. And I think that that's you know, one of my favorite things about teaching is creating curriculum. Uh-huh. So I don't personally think it will affect my immediate class too much mm-hmm. because – my stuff is right from my brain, and I don't think anybody – I'm not asking you to write something that everybody else in every other school around the world has written, so it would be really easy. So I guess I'm not too concerned about that. Where my concern lies is we are already in a place where students do so little actual thinking. Mm-hmm. And even if this is just an ideas generator – I wish they would use their God-given ideas generator, (laughs) you know, like just think about it, just spend some time thinking about it. And I'm just as guilty as the next person of wanting, you know, having a question. Well, I don't know. I'll Google it, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of just trying to think about it, you know, or even, you know, my kids in fourth grade, what's seven times nine? Well, I could think about it for 10 seconds or I could just, I don't know, seven times nine. (laughs) So I, that's my concern, I guess. I think it'll work itself out because I can't imagine that there are going to be situations like this that come up that um, I mean it's just going to keep happening you know things are going to keep changing and evolving and I'm sure something like this happened in 1960 that had all the teachers freaking out and you know when they started bringing computers into school oh you're going to ruin it or cell phones or whatever you know so I'm sure it's just one of those things I haven't spent as much time in it as you know I could to really get into it and get comfortable but you know, it's like November or October right. came out, you know. so it's not like you had much time to do it. <laughs> and I feel pretty confident that I know my students well <laughs> enough to understand where they are versus where this chat thing would be. And if I don't, then that's my fault. You know, if I try to tell my students, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. And so in my class, you can pass without putting in very much effort, but you're also not going to get very much out of it. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to get something out of it, then you need to put in the effort. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't make you want to get something out of what I have to offer. And plenty of kids come in and out of English class and don't care and think that they've learned nothing. And that's, you know, if that's where you're you're at, then that's where you're at. I couldn't so. agree more on that. That's something I kind of try and get across to them too. It's one of those things I wish I could just put in their brain is that like 
Oh, you got through it. Congratulations. You spent yeah. 12 years just barely or 13 years barely getting through the system. And oh, you're finally done with it. Yeah. And what do you have from all that time? I know we're forcing you to be here, but what do you have from that? And yeah. that's going to affect, you know, other things in a person's life. I can't make you feel passionately about yeah. something. I can make you do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, yeah. I can make you do and jump through the hoops, but I can't make you feel anything about it. And I can't yeah. make you care. And that's something, if I could do something for the whole world, you know, it's just, or even for myself to understand, you can't make people care about stuff. Mm-hmm. You can make them do a lot of things, but you cannot make them care. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have a sense of pride in your work enough to say, or value of right, outcome. I need to do this myself mm-hmm. because I said that this is my work. If that doesn't matter to you, nothing I'm going to do to you is going to change that about you. So that's a personal, a personal thing. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you think you can go on to this website and get a, just, I mean, when I was in college, you could go onto websites and buy papers and turn them in and probably wouldn't get caught, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, if that's what you want to do. Okay. But I couldn't feel good about that. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote some real crappy papers, <laughs> <laughs> but I earned all those crappy papers yeah. And that's how I slept at night. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not trying to say if you use this website, you shouldn't be able to sleep at night. Or you're an evil person. Right. Or that you should care about every subject. Sure. Find something to be passionate about and to be your thing. You know, have some personal integrity and Mm -hmm. you figure out what's right for you. And so if this helps you get started and it really helps you do your best work, then go for it. And if you're taking the easy way out and you're okay with it, then whatever you know what am I going to do to make you feel like that was not the right choice so I guess my answer to that is I think it's all going to come out in the wash yeah so if you use this and you never write another paper okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> right yeah okay yeah it is what it is I got just a couple more questions one here that feel free to just say like I'd rather not talk about that <laughs> but I think I'd be remiss with conversations we had in the past not to at least touch on it a little bit and I'm not asking for a solution here either but I know one of your biggest kind of returning, maybe I wouldn't say fears, but I, I know it really bothers you about violence in schools and school shootings, and as it does all of us. Like, not like I'm right. the I'm either way on it. This is so unusual. Um, that you... <laughs> but I know it's something that you kind of like, at some points, whenever these things happen, you start kind of, I, I don't know if this would be the appropriate way to say it, but looking over your shoulder a little bit, or just maybe conceptualizing it more as a real thing here and I know this is something that you've dealt with for quite a while like all of us in the in the education and education have or should have at least considered how do you manage that day to day do you just try and ignore it or do some of the measures kind of help you feel better about it you know I don't know exactly what the turning point was I suspect it was having my own kids in a in a way one thing that always made me feel better about it in the beginning is this kind of sounds weird, I guess, but when it was a little more isolated, it seemed like they were always, the perpetrators were always these misfit kids Mm -hmm. that no one understood. And I thought, I'm sitting pretty because I understand misfit kids and I'm, those misfit kids aren't coming for me Mm -hmm. because, you know, I had a group of kids that used to eat lunch in my classroom that called themselves the misfit toys, you know, like they didn't have anywhere to hang out. Mm -hmm. So they'd come to my classroom and hang out with each other and they weren't really friends with each other but they weren't friends with anybody so they could not be friends with anybody together you know and so I thought well that's no big deal 
And then Parkland, I think, was kind of a turning point for me, and it may have just been a personal time in my life that was extra um, mm -hmm. sensitive. I don't really know. I, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, I could go into it and try to figure it out, sure. but I haven't. But that wasn't the character they drew for that right. particular perpetrator. And so then it got me thinking like maybe I wouldn't be immediately on in a situation I just kind of always assumed that if I came yeah. face to face with a school shooter it would be someone that I had a connection with yeah. that would see me and would think I'm doing the wrong thing and mm. would stop and at that point I no longer felt like that hmm. and I felt like it could it could be anyone and they could be I don't think anybody's coming for me necessarily right. but my presence wouldn't be the end all and I started to think, what's going to happen if I get in this situation? And what's going to happen is I'm going to put myself in front of my students in any fashion I have to in order to protect them. I have no question. But then I had to think a step further. Where does that leave my own children? Yeah. You know, so I'm putting my life on the line for my students as well I should, because that's why I became a teacher, to be that person for these kids. But in doing so, I'm choosing them over my own kids. And that became kind of a a personal hmm. crisis for me like I don't know is that the best choice and I've had these conversations with a lot of teachers especially yeah. moms you know that are yeah. like no it isn't you can't do that you mm -hmm. cannot do that and I'm like yeah you're right you're right but I know I would I, know. I mean in that moment I know I would yeah kids go through so much god it just breaks your heart and I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many kids I've just wanted to bring home yeah and if I had a giant house I would just bring them all home because just give them a safe yeah, space and right. love. Because there are so many situations that are just beyond your understanding, and you just can't even think about it because it'll just break your heart. And I think that's really the biggest fear for me is just that you can't really understand it. Yeah. And so you can't you can't fix it if you can't understand it. And so we do have a lot of things. Officer Amateur is a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. He knows <laughs> that I am extra nervous, yeah. and he is extra patient with me when it comes to those kind of things and enough of my colleagues know you know that I am extra nervous about those things and kind of support me in that way so mm -hmm. uh yeah it's a huge thing for me and it's not a joke and it's not yeah. you know we've had different scenarios we've had to go through where uh yeah I'm not in a very good place on those days <laughs> yeah. it's it's not good it's yeah. not good <laughs> yeah but I think enough people now know that I'm extra and everyone is sensitive but I'm mm, extra sensitive <laughs> oh yeah and uh, they don't you know call me out anymore <laughs> so that's good too I guess yeah I think you're saying right about that too like people don't understand what the amount like people that aren't in education or social work maybe or maybe even the medical field gets a view of this but unless you've had that much interaction with the public and a broad swath of people not just a lot of people in your group you don't really know how many people are going through how many kids and and young adults are going through way more than you think mm -hmm. that they are i always think like the whole real world argument you know like when you get in the real world it's like some of these kids are helping oh, pay rent yeah. like some of these kids they're are living more and you have no like idea what world they live in floor right with, with an, and a cockroach infested ass like you don't know what some of these kids are going through or even emotional abuse you know it's and, and so yeah the thought that we could keep a handle on all the people that would crack is yeah it's frightening I I think mm -hmm. Parkland was a big wake-up call for a lot of people to just be like, well, you can't pretend to yourself anymore that this can't happen here. We all knew this already, but now we got to all say it right. out loud. And yeah. Yeah. I think I just, uh, I manage it myself by not thinking about it unless I have to. Well, and that's <laughs> one thing. I do talk to kids about it when we do the drills right. days, and I mm -hmm. will talk to them about it, and then it's like, but 
now I'm going to fold that up and put it in the back of my brain because I'm not going to live in fear every day. Not that's, that I'm saying anything no. about you. It's, no, it's, absolutely. It's hard to. Well, that was one thing with Parkland. Mm-hmm. I spent my entire prep period, my entire lunch period watching the news. Yeah. And I just watched it and watched yeah. it and watched it. And I tried to figure out what happened and how does that affect me. Yeah. And it broke me. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point that I was driving down Main Street and a guy went to signal that he was going to turn on his bicycle while he had his cell phone in his hand. And I put my car in the ditch because I thought he was going to shoot me. And I know that that seems silly and ridiculous, but in the moment I had yeah. just, I had so filled my that. mind mm-hmm. so much yeah. with the idea that someone is going to shoot me yeah. that in that moment, that's the only thing that made sense. And that's when I was like, okay. <laughs> I need to take a step back. Yeah. So in the most recent shooting, I don't even remember where it was. I can't remember. The, the elementary school. I did not watch anything. I didn't watch any coverage. I just couldn't. Thing, I needed to protect my myself from that because I, I knew that was a trigger part yeah. for me. I would just spiral. Yeah. And so I didn't. I'm proud I of you for doing that. Yeah, it was that hard. Was yeah. right at the end of the school year, too, and it was just, yeah. I mean, it was unspeakable. And obviously what we're talking about is nowhere near what people went through with it but you know absolutely we'd be, we'd be fools not to but i wasn't doing myself or my students or yes. my family any favors by uh-huh. just kind of like wallowing in it right and just like surrounding myself with it yes. so I, I just kind of had to step and i did a lot better after that one <laughs> so we'll take a note from that and move on to the last like two things i got here for you i'll let that one recede in the background what outside interests do you have I and mean, we tend to fill our lives with school and our outside interests might, the first thing you're going to say is like theater, but that's kind of a school interest. No, 100% my uh, outside interest <laughs> is sitting on my couch and <laughs> watching uh, watching uh, garbage TV. No. What's your what's your garbage <laughs> pleasure on TV? Okay. What's your trash I, TV that you like? All right. So, I mean, this Truth is time. embarrassing. <laughs> uh, I'm a sister wives junkie. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I've been through it a little bit. Uh, I know. Not it's so embarrassing. But... I know. <laughs> no, you whatever you like is what you like. No, I, I don't know why. I, but I listened to this podcast um, about Sister Wives, uh-huh. and oh, they right. are so yeah. funny <laughs> that it I don't. It makes the show so much better. Right. When I, you the have show a... is trash, but the yeah. podcast is so funny that yeah. I just love it. I know. Yeah. No, I, uh, I listen to horror movie. And another movie podcast, right? With, with Gorley and Russ. And I, I just, will watch. I can't wait to watch the movie and then get it nice. Right? And yeah. Funny <laughs> I will watch any show that has to do with a firehouse <laughs> or a hospital <laughs> or a detective uh, of some kind. Yeah. You know, I loved Matlock. There's going to be oh, a Matlock so reboot good. with Kathy Bates. I just oh, read about. That's awesome. I'm so excited oh, about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's that show Poker Face. I think it's on Peacock. I just started that last night. Yes. Was great. Yeah. I, it. yeah, I will watch anything like that. My husband hates TV, and so he's always like, Ugh. but <laughs> well, like, that frees it up for you, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I love all that kind of stuff, and I love trashy reality TV too. So I just love all kinds of TV. To say that, I mean, if I had an interest, if I had an extracurricular, I'm not athletic at all. I don't care about anything like that. But theater is my thing. Yeah. And I was able to actually bring it back to be something for mm-hmm. me last summer. Yes. Um, and yeah. Because I you got were back on stage. Yeah. And I was Who Mrs. White. Mrs. White. In Clue. Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, it was super great. So I don't get to do that very often for yeah. myself. And it does kind of come back into my teaching placement and whatever. But that's really the only thing I've ever had that that I cared about, that I felt like 
defined me and was really part of who I am as a person. So that and trash TV, that's what makes me up. (laughs) A final kind of question here. So what do you think about the end of teaching for you? Like, what do you think about retirement or moving on to another job? One of the two is inevitable other than other, you know, bad circumstances. Uh, Do you welcome it? Do you fear it? Something else it's? Well, number one, I don't have any idea how TRS works. (laughs) I'm going to have to figure that out. Guilty as well. (laughs) You know, I... I have always told anybody who ever asked me this that they're just going to find me at my desk one day. That's kind of my thing. And <laughs> I, sometimes I say that as a joke, yeah. and sometimes I lament that. Yeah. And uh, one time I said that to a new administrator, huh? and he said, don't worry, we won't even have to get a sub until the day after because no one will report it. And I cried <laughs> <laughs> because I thought, my God, that's true, and you're an asshole. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> you know? But uh, I think he thought it was a joke, but in the moment it just didn't, it didn't hit, (laughs) it just didn't land, you know, so, um, I really hope that they don't find me at my desk. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, but I have no plan for retirement. Well, I mean, fiscally, my plan is to retire and then get another job with the state because you can get a state job and only have to be in there 10 years before you can get into their pension program. Oh. So if I retire at a decent age and work 10 more years for the state, then I can have both of those pensions to hopefully not starve to death as an old person. But I don't know if I'm really going to do that. That's my fiscal plan. Sure. Do you Um, plan on subbing at all if you get the opportunity? You know, I don't know. Like I said, (laughs) I subbed subbed one time for Clay Wheeler. It was a fine experience, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I kind of like the idea of subbing, Mm -hmm. but I'm not really good at, like, not being the one in charge. Mm -hmm. So I can see myself being a sub that people don't like because mm. I'll be like, okay, this this plan is garbage. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so I don't yeah. know if I'd be very good at it. I'm open to it, but I think more likely I will just teach until I just can't teach anymore. And then I don't know, I'll be a Walmart greeter or something. <laughs> Well, you know, that's not the worst future, I suppose. It's not a little boring, but um, no, absolutely. Mandy, thank you so much for taking this time with me. This has been very instructive to me as well, and I I think this went really, really well. It's going to be hard for me not to be asking you if I can actually use this eventually. No, good. I'd love Um, to be important enough to actually be on the podcast and not just a practice. The the test was, and as you know, you're having humility here, but it definitely was that I just know you well enough and I'm comfortable doing this, but. This, it really didn't. I also didn't know if the setup was going to work and everything. And I, I haven't heard the recording yet either. But no, Mandy, thank you. This has been such a yeah. great pleasure to get kind of a reason to t- deep talk about yeah, no, education. It's great. And you're a, thank you're a great you for friend for inviting me. And uh, thank you for sharing the Misfits Corner over here with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and being someone in the department that's you know, a little crazier than me. So yeah, I don't have to be the I definitely <laughs> crazy. <help> you there. <laughs> Nobody's got me beat on that. Absolutely. That's great. So thank you. Thanks again to Mrs. Ginder for agreeing to be my first interview subject, especially my guinea pig. And thank you for sitting through a very long interview, too, because I didn't really have any idea what I was doing. I really enjoyed that interview. It made me feel so positive about the prospects for the future of this show and this project as we go forward, because it just felt really comfortable. And I think a big part of that was that Mandy seemed really comfortable during it. 
and she's got a bit of a performance streak in her too and so I mean you can definitely hear that we're both aware of the fact that other people are overhearing our conversation but we're also comfortable enough talking that we're the I felt natural to me so I had a really good time talking to her and it also boosted my confidence quite a bit about this project so you've had Miss Ginder for quite a few Mm -hmm. classes and quite a few experiences over the course of your high school career yep right now I'm currently in her comp four class Mm -hmm. And we're getting through the judges of Great Gatsby together, so. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're reading some Gatsby, yeah. Um, but I did say dredges. Fight me on it. <laughs> so she will be your final English teacher. She's going to be your getting to your final essays. Yeah. And actually, we just got done with your final break here. Yeah. Uh, your final long break, anyway. Do we even yeah. have any more days off coming up in the school year? I don't know. I think. Don't ask me. I think this is it. I think we're really. Uh, charging on towards the the final run here of the school year so anyway all right folks well thank you so much once again uh, we would really love if people would reach out with some questions for us so that uh, we can answer any questions you have have something to chat about uh, during these interstitials and also uh, if you have any uh, local community events or nonprofits or anything around here that you'd like to uh, have us promote uh, we would love to do that uh, to help out with some community stuff And join us again on Friday for our next student interview with Abby Atwood. Excellent. Yes, that that interview is coming out next Friday. Um, So please keep uh, listening. Please keep tuning in on your cell phone apps. Please. Please, God, help me. Help me not stammer through this. We really appreciate the support we've been getting from the community, and we really hope to keep growing. So please share this podcast with other people. Let other people know if you enjoy it. Um, Let them know so that they can learn a little bit more about Richland County and about this school district. And bye. Bye. Our School Matters with your hosts, Sophia Raines and Jeffrey Wright. Produced by me, Evan Irvin. Executive produced by Jeffrey Wright and Sophia Raines. Theme and incidental music composed and performed by Evan Irvin. Research provided by Abby Atwood. Our School Matters is hosted by Voices of Richland County Podcast Network, an RCHS VAT Club affiliate. Rate and review the show on Apple or Google Podcasts, and we may read your comments on our show. You can also contact us at vatclub at rccu1.net. Please subscribe to us on your preferred podcast apps.